Announcement. The revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution Podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. Hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. What's up, guys? Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado on another Rock Your Socks episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are sharing and telling the real story of cannabis and hemp through the eyes of the entrepreneurs who are pushing this incredible industry forward. Uh, As you know, it is our mission here at Medical Secrets and the Hemp Revolution to share the truth about cannabis and hemp so that we can make empowered decisions about how we want to care for ourselves and each other and educated decisions about what products we're using to do so. Check us out at medicalsecrets.com if you're looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for. Our marketplace there has been personally vetted by every single per- by every product. We've tested over 2,000 products in the last three years and are super proud to be working with the folks who are listed inside of our marketplace. If you are a budding entrepreneur, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear your story. Sonia at medicalsecrets.com. Let me know what you are up against right now and what you are trying to achieve. I love to share the stories of people and business owners in this space. Guys, today we pulled together another amazing entrepreneur in this space, a cannabis entrepreneur of over 10, with over 10 years experience in the industry, founder of Canasooth Topical Brand, which does both CBD and C. ND with THC versions. He has a master's in healthcare administration in um, informatics, and he uses his knowledge of uh, compliance from his healthcare background to help cannabis companies secure licenses at the city and state level. With his hands in multiple facets of the industry, can't help but wonder how good the story is going to be. Put your hands together and help me welcome my good friend, Chris Cranfell. How's it going, Chris? Doing great, Sonia. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Super excited to have you. Um, I have, first of all, so sorry that you're locked inside in sunny California. Such a tragedy. I lived there for several years, so I know how sad it is to be watching the sun go by. Um, but second to that, you're doing some pretty cool stuff in the space. I'm excited to dive more into that. I've done some pretty extensive research into who you are and uh, what you're up to, but why don't you share a quick and dirty high level view of who you are, what's your background and how you ended up in the cannabis? Well, thanks, Sonia. Basically in the beginning, I started as a bartender while I was in college and I decided to pursue my education through my bachelor's degree and into my master's degree. And at that point, it was kind of when all the licensing thing got turned on its head in 2010, 2012, when the cities locally in Palm Springs started enacting licensing ahead of pretty much what everybody saw coming in the bigger picture. So at that point, I saw that a lot of these facilities were prepared to deal with such a hassle or a headache. You know, they were just Mm -hmm. 2 to 15 SB 420 days where you could do whatever you wanted to do. And it was the Wild West. 
And that wasn't really going to be a good business plan. So I started a delivery service that was licensed with the city, um, tried to secure state licensure, but was unable to do so. Then started utilizing my knowledge of branding and marketing and helped other facilities write their business plans. There's a facility locally in the Valley, retail and manufacturing and a cultivation facility that I've helped get licensed at the city and at the state level that I'm currently working on uh, distribution, retail, and consumption lounge in the city of Washington. So that's kind of the long and the short of it. <laughs> I started my topical brand back in 2012 when I was a tender. There was a need for the topical creams. We just started doing a lot of the testing, and I decided to independently test one of the brands that we had in there, and there was almost nothing in there in comparison. So that was a really eye-opening experience at the time, you know, and that was over eight years ago. So I encouraged testing inside the industry. I started doing my own testing back at that time in 2012 and 2013 and started testing not only the input material, but also the oil that came out as well as the finished product. So I've been doing triple lab testing since, you know, everybody was just beginning to even consider it. So that's where I really set myself apart other than having minimal ingredients inside my products in order to make sure that the efficacy of them is beneficial as possible. Nice. And so during your time, I'm, I'm fascinated by the role of a bud tender and I want to start bringing on more bud tenders because you guys were really the ones that are interfacing with the patients. So <clears throat> talk to me a little bit. One of the main reasons why after years of being in the cannabis industry, working with patient advocacy and patients' rights to safe access, and then getting into the dispensary environment as a you know operations director um, back in early you know, 2009, 10, 11, 12. Um, one of the things I'm curious to hear from you, it, well, to, just to finish that story, we moved into online publication because what we recognized as dispensary owners was the industry was innovating faster than most of the quote-unquote patients could even keep up with. And, you know, the simple things were so, no longer so simple. And it very quickly transformed from a quote-unquote medicinal marketplace into a millennial marketplace. And that was, you know, heavy on the recreational use of cannabis and distribution and product innovation of cannabis. And hemp both, we're still seeing a huge counterculture um, emerge with the cannabis and hemp community. For you, when you were working as a bud tender and before developing your own products, what what did you experience from, you know, the, the patients you were serving as opposed to, uh, you know, the bud tender? Did you feel like you had enough knowledge and education to really support them? Did you feel like there was a gap or did they you know, did the patients feel like they had a good understanding? I'm sure you gave them great service, but just in general, was there still that big gap in education? Um, thankfully, no. At our facility, we were really busy, and we were one of the first places in, that I know of that started doing extensive testing. We had over 65 strains at any given time on our menu, and I'd say two-thirds of them were lab-tested. So I was that guy that remembered all the test results in the room, and I gave all the introduction speeches, and I was the, the oh, if you have a question, go ask Chris, and he'll tell you and give you the right direction. 
But then that's when I kind of noticed, you know, when you're dealing with a certain clientele of people that from a medical standpoint, it gets interesting because certain types of people gravitated towards strains with certain CBD levels in them. And then other were obviously after the high THC and then there were the blends. We used to do this special called Dogo where you donated for an eighth and got an eighth for free. And most of those were like outdoor light deprivation strains at the time. Mm-hmm. So those were the ones that were still kind of like crossbred or there was those one-to-one strains. And it's like, you'd notice that there was always that patient that was like, those are great. And I'm not going to move anywhere from that. I don't care what the numbers say. It's great for me. So mm-hmm. that's where I really got medically interested from that standpoint, because, you know, that's thankfully one of the big things that's kept pharma out of this is there's not really one strain that does the same thing to everyone. But you definitely see like a thin diagram of groups of people where it overlaps, where it's like this person definitely likes this category of flower or this category of concentrate or, you know, this category of product, because there is a medical necessity on a lot of standpoints. And, you know, from me working with the doctor that I know out here in the Valley, one of the biggest things that I've learned is cannabis and CBD and any of its derivatives are very interesting in the fact that they don't have what's called an LB50 or an LB100, meaning there's no lethal dose that they have found that will actually stop you from functioning as a human being, which is different from every other medication on the market, including acetaminophen, including moxicillin, including ibuprofen. So that's, to me, where there's, you know, when you see all these groups of classifications of people where there really needs to be just years and years of research done to really advance that and I hope we're on the cusp of that. Like you said, I think it kind of started 10 years ago, but it started at a blood tender level where, you know, it's a lot of us kind of people that were counterculture already to begin with, you know, not to say mm-hmm. I'll throw myself under the bus, but I was a blood tender since high school, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> just one way or another, you know, so it's just is what it is. We kind of fit our, fit our suits, you know, so like my mom always said, you got to start somewhere. So start from the bottom. But it gives you a great understanding and it gives you a good contact with these kinds of people. And that's really where my passion lies is seeing it help get people away from, you know, pharma or at least lower it. It's not that anything just like pharmaceutical drugs, you know, there's no magic bullet. There's no one single thing it has to be done in conjunction. It's a treatment. It's a coordination of care. It's a continuum of care. And you can't just expect one pill to do it all. And that's kind of where, you know, it kind of seems to think in our quick fix environment, like you say, kind of a millennial approach to things, but it's not, it's really just everybody expects this one magic bullet and there's not one, you know, even if, you know, I've seen many people deal with cannabis and cancer and I tell them all the time, like, don't stop your chemo, take it in conjunction with your chemo, go, you know, live the best diet you can, you know, go out, get out, exercise, think that you want to get better. That goes miles towards everything. So that's where my personal passion really comes in. If I could replace pharmaceuticals with a plant, I think that there's a big gap for all that. Totally. I, I completely agree. And I think a lot of other folks do, which is why they're so heavily involved with the industry and, and you know, designing products the way that they are, which brings me to your products. Um, when did you decide to start developing your brand? Um, California's best and when when did you start developing your own brand and decide that you wanted to take it to the market so I did that basically when I saw the gap in the marketplace with the 
topical that I had mentioned that I had tested at the lab and they only had like 10 milligrams in it and everybody was paying 65 or 75 dollars for this you, know, you remember the times back in 2008 to 2012 it was everything is 10 times or 20 times or 40 times and it was 40 times what like what what's your basis where's your base point you know and so when i did that i really saw a need and it was actually my wife and i that co-created the recipe together and put it together and really did it with minimal ingredients more towards like a foodie mindset with less is more and just really let cannabis stand on its own and not adding any arnica and not adding any other homeopathic herbal remedies that are known that are already present if you want arnica you can go get icy hot you can go get aspergreen you can go buy arnica montana gel straight up at any nutrition or health food store so i wanted to rely solely on the curative properties of the cannabis and that's when, you know, I thought I was great back. I was looking at my test results and, you know, it was 20, 25 milligrams in my first jar. And now I'm at, in my CBD THC, it's 400 milligrams. And in my CBD, only 600 milligrams. So I'm over 30 times stronger than when I started. So there's a lot to be said about the efficacy because back then it was, you know, the people that really needed it, needed it, but they wouldn't always, you know, it was a hit or miss. Now mm -hmm. it's everybody that tries it gets it so that's where i really feel that i've evolved quite a bit and decided to bring that brand out over into the cbd marketplace as soon as that opened up the 2018 impact where everything was because like i said i've been seeing cbd and doing cbd products since 2012 so since anybody really thought it was cool or knew really what it was or i knew what it was i just knew that it helped me too because I've had a lot of injuries that fall back and stuff. So if I stand behind my product, I figure, you know, it'll go. I did demonstration days at my dispensary that I worked at. They were nice enough to let me, you know, come in for an extra hour or two and sell my own stuff, put my own product. So I was getting two paydays at a time. So that was obviously incentivizing in and of itself. You know, when you start getting double paydays, you're like, well, this might actually be a thing. Like, I can do this. So then I bootstrapped with myself years and years and years you know so it's finally time to really grow and build it but then you know you start hitting these hurdles like i'm having trouble selling on amazon i can't get on there because they have a ban against yeah they have 640 other cbd creams on there you know so now you know you shift to from creating my own shopify store and trying to do all that so it's creating brand recognition is really still difficult in a marketplace right now and that's where my big struggle seems to be. I can create it locally, but as far as creating, you know, like national brand awareness, I know it's going to take time. But, you know, and a lot of topical. That's what I tell myself. Is your product line limited to just the topical? Not limited, but are you specializing specifically in the topical right now and not focusing on developing any new products? Yeah, I do. Just because of the legality and where everything is with CBD not being an approved food additive. I mean, I can make tinctures, I can do gummies, I can do everything else. I actually used to have a soda line too. It's a cannabis infused soda line, but I nice. peeled it back. I didn't want to get into the classic entrepreneur rabbit hole of expanding and expanding and expanding. I kind of wanted to part it down to what really works and where I feel the benefit is because we have a big aging population, the baby boomers, for me, it's about quality of life. So if someone can put a topical rub on there and it's just an ache or a pain and they can get back out faster, then they can live a better quality of life. And if they're living that better quality of life, they're 
participating more in the community. They're working longer. They're spending more money. They're out. They're enjoying their grandchildren. They're doing everything they need to be doing. But they're also healthier and, you know, healthy, wealthy, and wise, as the saying goes. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where it's like, I really don't understand. Like, I went gluten-free about six years ago. So that's when you really start reading packages and slipping over everything. And you have to look mm-hmm. at the back of it. And then you have this, oh, crap moment. And you go, what have I been doing to myself? And you start. You're like, have I been eating that? <laughs> yeah, have I been eating that? And then, you know, my dad always taught me, look at the back of the package and compare it to another one and see what the real difference is. And at a certain point, you know, you really start reading the back of all these packages of these topicals in the marketplace. And they're all the same. They're just someone that's white labeling. There's really no proprietary blend or there's no you know, years of testing that they have behind it. There's not as any essential research and development. It's like someone going to Dove and saying, I want to make a soap. Here's my million dollars. And they go, here's your package. So have a great day. Mm-hmm. So that's where I really feel the marketplace. It's going to, you know, the cream will rise to the top eventually and it's going to sift itself out, but it's protecting yourself along the way. That I'm trying to mobilize right now. I'm in the middle of doing my trademark. Um, I got all my UPC codes and everything, so I can expand my products. I just want to do, you know, focus more on the topicals because that's where I think the adoption is going to be the easiest. It doesn't have, you know, everybody's tried a topical free. There's not a lot of education behind it, although there is. So it kind of takes half the battle out. Totally. Well, that, that makes really good sense. I actually like, you know, I had a mentor tell me, you can make you can make a million dollars off of one product. You don't have to you don't have to uh, you know continuously add new products. What you need to do is optimize the sale of one product so that it becomes your flagship. And it always stunned me because I was like, well, my make you know the makeup lines that I follow are really diversified. The beauty lines that I follow are really diversified. You know, most of the CBD products out there have the same, you know, three products to have a quote unquote comprehensive, you know, yeah, line. And I'm like, what about a series of topicals? What about a series of tinctures? What about really functional medicine? So it's just, it's just interesting. And I like hearing the different perspectives from the entrepreneurs who are deciding to build their business that way. But it is a known fact. You can build a million dollar business off of one product and just optimizing the sale of that one product and diversifying the marketing, which brings me to my next question. What have been some of your biggest challenges? I mean, you've been in the space for a while, but as an entrepreneur in the CBD space, what has been one or two of your biggest challenges in getting started or even growing? Um, the biggest hurdle in growing, obviously, is being a smaller organization and still staying in front of all the regulatory hurdles. Um, I'm, you know, I have my liability insurance with Lloyd's of London, which is great, but it's not cheap. Um, it's another one of those things where, you know, testing is onerous, but necessary if you're going to do it and you do smaller batches and you do small lot testing, which I think is what really sets some of the different brands apart. Um, and the other difficult hurdle obviously is getting it out there and doing marketing in a way that's effective for your dollar. 
like making sure that you know your customer acquisition costs are improved. Because what I've found with a lot of other topicals is most people have tried two or three other topicals and they didn't work. So there's an already kind of a hurdle that you got to get over, which is why I'm going to move to like a 30 day money back guarantee model. When I do my retail sales to places that distribute it locally, I give them samples and I let them, you know, give them away so that people can try it. Because if you try it, you feel the difference and you come back and buy it. And that's just been the big discerning factor. So as you know, it's their hurdles, but just like anything else, as long as you stay at it, you know, you can overcome these things. I really feel that, you know, one of the other hurdles is obviously financing. But when I watched one of your other podcasts, the gentleman from Salt Lake City had some very good advice on that. So I've been putting that to an effect. He's like, you ever got a 0% balance transfer offer? Use that. I'm like, yep, there you go. Thanks, sir. <laughs> so, oh, I'm so that glad that that's so. been valuable. I'm like, I'm always wondering. I, I get a ton of messages and I get a ton of feedback, but I cannot tell you um, how much it means to me when I hear somebody say like, hey, I listened to your podcast and I did what you know your guest said or I did what you said and it actually worked. And it works. So, I mean, it's hard because when you're doing a small business, you know, you have to stay on top of it. You have to order these supplies. You have to order these jars. But even my smaller retail stores, you know, I do some net 14 within my net terms, you know, so that they can feel comfortable, especially in this environment. Everything is very unsure right now. So it's hard, you know, and thankfully, California just changed the laws where you can give the cannabis topical away again. So I can earmark half of my topicals that I have at the distro and I can just give them away. And that's been one of the bigger hurdles right now too, is I can't just give that product away in the marketplace. So now that they've repealed that, you know, it, you got to do a lot of marketing. There's a lot of branding. I probably sold as many topicals as I've given away at this point. But for me, it's, you know, something that I really am passionate about. And I joke, but if I could cook, you know, all the seniors and all of you are very happy camper. So. <laughs> so, so what, what is the story? Um, well, I'm going to ask you that here in a minute, but just to stay on the topic, just to stay on the topic of marketing here for a second, I want to, I'm curious, cause I'm curious to know um, there's a thousand different ways to market your business and to set yourself apart. What are you doing, you know, with your how are you investing in your marketing right now? And how are you getting your name out there so that you stand apart in a crowded marketplace? Um, right now, what I do is I put in a lot of FaceTime. I go to the local places that I feel my product is going to be beneficial. Um, smaller, like boutique health and beauty stores, uh, massage studios, yoga studios. I've lucky out here in the valley that i've known someone that has a massage studio for a very long time and it's very successful and they are a very firm believer in my products so I, it's really word of mouth at that point too i'm trying to figure out where i'm going to spend some marketing money but really it's just letting my product stand on its own and if anybody wants a sample i send it to them try to give it away as much as possible and just really let my product speak for itself so i guess most of my marketing dollars is either spent online or in just giving away free product. Nice. Um, most of my marketing dollars are spent online too, because it's just the easiest way for me to track what's happening. What, um, for, I started with a thousand dollar a month budget when I was starting to market 
um, my, I, I was marketing actually a community and an education forum. And I know physical products are quite a bit different. As a matter of fact, sometimes I wish that the physical products were, you know, a part of my repertoire, but they're not right now. Um, what, what was your marketing budget when you were getting started and how long did you, like, what was, what was an offer that you made um, to, you know, capture people's attention? And I'm asking this question because there's a lot of folks who live like yourself who listen and are like, Oh, I haven't tried that yet. Or I haven't considered that yet. Or maybe they're overspending and don't know how, you know, have a fear of spending less or vice versa or spending too little and don't know when to pour the gas on. So for you, what was, what was it? Or actually let's, let's ask this question in a different way. How would you advise somebody who's getting started to kick off a marketing campaign online? Um, it really depends. Like if they're doing local, do a lot of grassroots stuff. That's what I found the best because the word of mouth, when you have a good product and stands behind it, people will talk about it and they'll talk about it a lot. And if you pick busy places, I mean, that's where I did kind of the guerrilla marketing. I have a lot of stickers. I have a lot of magnets. I use sticker mule, which is one of the best platforms that I found that allows uh, smaller brands to compete at a larger level because you can have all the marketing materials that make you look very fancy, but you don't have to be ordering by the 5,000 or the 10,000 so that you can kind of save back your marketing money. Get, mm-hmm. your brand, get your brand out there, hand out stickers, hand out samples, hand out everything. You know, I've done health fests. I've, I would say stay away from the trade shows, stay away from those kind of things, focus more on, you know, Google AdWords, get a good basic website where I did a lot of it. And it just kind of rolls from there. But it's hard with the internet marketing, too, in a way, because of the constant regulation changes where everything is. You know, it's kind of, that's where I'm still, myself, to be honest, I'm still having the hard time of finding the point, when do I pour fuel on the fire? You know, like, if I put enough fuel on the fire, do I put more on? You know, that's kind of why I'm out here doing this podcast right now, so that I can, you know, put myself out there in some other directions. So Totally, yeah. That's what it is. So I wish I had the magic key in the lock, but I really think it's just passion for your product and making sure that, you know, you're willing to go out there and meet and greet and shake the hands and kiss the baby, so to speak, at this point, though you might not want to. (laughs) I love it. That's good advice. I, um, you know, I think that, I think that there's a lot of, people who are trying a lot of different things and nobody really knows the right answer, right? Like how, how could you know? Um, you know, fortunately my husband and I have done pretty well with online marketing. We've been able to do some pretty cool stuff through our community and we consistently have, you know, come up against challenges where we have to pivot because the regulations change. So it seems like as soon as you get something working that you have to test and try it like three other strategies just in case things stop working. So I can totally relate to that feeling of having to consistently pivot and switch and, you know, change all the time. Um, <clears throat> for you, what do you, what's next for you? What is the next milestone or goal that you're trying to hit for your business or as an entrepreneur? Um, for me, I want to get my CBD THC topicals into more retail stores. Um, there's a couple other brands that with the change in the marketplace, not everybody was able to 
get a co-packer and secure a manufacturer and get everything product licensed, tested, and in a distributor. So that's, again, kind of a discerning factor. With that, it's unfortunate because there's been a lot of brand consolidation in the marketplace. So the choices are fewer and far between. Like you mentioned earlier, all your favorite makeup lines, all those. Well, a lot of those products, it's kind of like the Hawaiian Tropics model. They just have eight different flavors. So they're the only ones on the shelf. So that when you look at the shelf, it's not necessarily that they're all great products. It's just that you only see them. So it creates this like flood in the marketplace, but it's also going to create kind of, I, unfortunate is I hate to compare it to, but you're going to see the Anheuser-Busch Coors and those kind of major brands you already do that are going to create smaller under brands to look like they're not those other bigger major brands. And that's where my next big hurdle is making sure that I'm in the shelves before all that starts happening because I really feel that that's what's next. Um, you're going to see, you know, these tertiary brands or secondary brands from these major brands, and they're going to try to make themselves not look at all like the other one while they you know, flip over the back of the package. So true. I wish it wasn't, but it's so true. Um, <clears throat> I have folks from all different, uh, all different sides of the industry, all different levels of success, even clients listening in who are interested in somehow getting involved with the space. For knowing what you know now and, and have coming, have come, you've come down the road a few extra miles, what would be one or two key pieces of advice that you could offer the budding entrepreneurs they're getting started that might help them short, uh, shortcut their path? to success? Um, the biggest thing is if you're trying to sell any hemp or any hemp products, educate yourself about it so that you can educate people accordingly. Try to be knowledgeable. There's even courses online. I mean, don't spend too much money or, you know, get certifications or any of that stuff, but make yourself knowledgeable. And also, you know, try Instagram is great because you can get to a lot of these companies. You can ask them to try it. And then if you like their products, it has to be their rep. And then you're passionate about their product. And even if you're not, there's a lot of representative sales and all those things in this industry as well. That helps you kind of step your way up and kind of find your niche. You might be passionate about the sales of the product. You might be passionate about what's in the product. You might be passionate about how the plant has grown behind before it even goes into the product. You know, for me, there's really not a part of the industry that doesn't pique my interest. But the biggest thing is obviously the infusion side of things and how that can help people be better as opposed to fake chemical alternatives. Um, but that's not to say, you know, I found that passion through my own personal life and being budget because I see it. And when you start seeing these things firsthand, you're going to become passionate about them. And if you're passionate, you'll grow your interests and then it's just going to take off from there. I mean, I really think that, you know, since I was in high school, you learned that cannabis is the biggest cash crop in the country and it's not taxed. Well, now they're finally taxing it. So guess where your biggest growth point is going to be? Anything to do with cannabis. I mean, it's state by state by state, but eventually they're going to have to tear down those interstate barriers and they're going to have to make interstate transport. And California is still going to be one of the better places to be along with like Colorado. I see Texas being big next. Um, 
because they're just taking such an adoption CBD over there that I don't think it's going to be a hard sell for them to change over to cannabis. As weird as that sounds, um, <laughs> that's just where it's at. I mean, if you like bud, start trimming it and work as a trimmer, and you might be surprised as to where you'll find yourself inside of a facility. All these facilities are going to be hiring like crazy, so that's where it's it's the fastest growing segment, I think, in a lot of marketplace. So that's where, if you're passionate, you'll find your niche somewhere. I mean, if you're doing sales, most people are already doing sales already. So just switch over and change over to something that's beneficial to someone as opposed to, you know, detrimental. Such good words of advice. I I think, um, I think the message that I hear you sharing is, you know, whatever the facet of the industry that you're interested in, make sure that you get educated and, and immerse yourself in the culture, each one of the facets I find, and and let me know if you agree with this, each one of the facets of this industry, which there are many and many more popping up all the time, um, carries its, you have to have a certain kind of a passion and a certain kind of an energy and skill set to be able to exist and thrive in that space. And what I notice is, um, you know, people get into the space for the sake of being into it, but don't necessarily remember that they have a chance to change how they've always done things. Most people select a job or a profession or a degree based off of the income that they're going to make, not the passion that they're going to have for the space. So I really like what you're saying here about, you know, making sure that you're really passionate about what it is that you're going to be doing and, um, you know, finding if you're interested in bud, go, go trim bud for a while and see how much you love it after, you know, pound number 27, yeah, <laughs> pound 27. And you go, wow, how do I do something else? Or you may, yeah. think, I never want to do another single thing in my life. This is my job now. You know, like, yeah. So I've seen it go both ways, but I'm with you after number 20, I'm out. I'll yeah. Brandy and self. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering how to be the guy who's dropping off the groceries. I'm like, he's. I, I, there was a Chris. There was a Chris Rock episode, like stand up comedy, and he's like, right now I'm rich, but I want to be wealthy. It's <laughs> like basketball players, NBA stars, they're rich, but the guy writing the check, the owner of the basketball team, he's wealthy, and so it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing, like in. The trimmer is like, you know, ground zero. That's that's kickoff right there. Like that's where you that's where you get started, and then you slowly move your way up to the guy who's like, you know, paying you per pound or whatever. So you to trim exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or the guy that goes, forget this. I'm going to develop a better way to do this and create some trimming machine, and then everybody's buying your trimming machine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly innovation comes just takes place. one winter of carpal tunnel to get you to get your mind working <laughs> exactly you'll be on my topical green so. yeah exactly <laughs> give you a reason to use those topicals i love it well thank you so much for your time today i really am, am you know i really enjoyed um hearing your story and just listening to how you are growing your business right now it's such a it's such a crazy time in the industry and watching how it's consolidating and, you know, for, but for me, the tortoise and the hare, the folks who ran really fast and hard, you know, are still struggling with cash flow. They're still struggling with, 
you know, needing more investment. They have this huge beast and not enough capital to push it forward or in the direction of their vision. And I love the ones who are moving a little bit slower, slower and steady the how they're st- slowly, like you said, the cream will rise to the top. So I'm <clears throat> excited to continue to watch your guys's journey and to watch you grow. Um, and to welcome you back on the show later on in the year to see what milestones you've hit. Um, where can folks find you if they're interested in trying your product or following your journey? Um, right now, so I'm building out my Shopify store. They made me sign up with a third-party merchant if you're a uh, CBD processor. So I'm in the middle of that. That'll be on my canasoup.us website. So it'll be the shopify.canasoup.us. And then other than that, I'm sold locally out here in the Coachella Valley um, in H2O Closet and Body Concierge and a couple other gyms. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time and being with us today. It was a real pleasure. And for those of you guys who are tuning in and listening with us and liking and sharing this content and tagging people and helping us get the word out there and the truth about cannabis to the masses, thank you so much for being a part of our family and our community. As you know, it is our mission to continuously empower you well, with some pretty damn good stories, but also with the truth about cannabis so that you can make educated decisions about how you want to care for yourself and the people that you love, or otherwise just enjoy this beautiful gift of life. If you are someone looking for products, check us out at the Medical Secrets Marketplace. We are happy to help. We've personally vetted all of the products inside of there and stand behind them 100% as well as if you are a business owner or budding entrepreneur who would like to share your story, please shoot me an email, Sonia at medicalsecrets.com, and I can't wait to connect. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution. And we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.